Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Today's show is about the never not scintillating topic of everybody's favorite rat, Paul Manafort. Manafort, as the world of Trumpcast listeners well knows, flipped on President Trump, his former boss, and agreed to tell Robert Mueller's investigation everything he knows. But what does Manafort know? That's what Rachel Weiner, a terrific reporter at The Washington Post who's been covering the Manafort trial, is going to talk about today. But this is one of our Slate Plus episodes. So if you want to know everything about what Paul Manafort is telling Robert Mueller, okay, we can't tell you exactly that. But Rachel's got big insights. You got to get it together and go to slate.com slash Trumpcast plus to hear the whole show, no ads, and all of Trumpcast without ads. You'll also get tons of perks and privileges, and you can exercise what we think of as Slate Plus privilege as you walk down the street, because you know you support wicked good journalism. So slate.com slash Trumpcast plus to hear about creepy Paul Manafort and much, much more. Rachel, welcome to Trumpcast. Hi. So you know how the 11 o'clock news starts with scary bleeding stuff and then goes at the end to like surplus daisy crops and twins who are reunited after 20 years? Well, on Trumpcast, when bad news is happening elsewhere, we tend to focus on the Manafort flip. Okay. So this is Um, the good news. You're total Manafort. And now I know we all love to opine about Manafort. And and unfortunately, you're at the Washington Post, so you don't get that rare pleasure. You have to um, keep it a little buttoned up. On the other hand, you have something that the rest of us don't, which is a seat in the courtroom. Um, first for the, um, the original trial and, um, and now, and then I assume you'll be there for the sentencing mm-hmm. of Paul Manafort in Alexandria, February 8th. Mm-hmm. So as the drum roll is set for February 8th, we're all wondering how much time he's going to get, how much will be maybe knocked off for his good cooperation with, um, Robert Mueller. Can you tell us what you saw in New York? Um, how Manafort is doing in his wheelchair. What just paint a picture of Paul Manafort, Agonistes, twenty eighteen. Sure. So those are all good questions. I'm not sure how many of them I can answer. I mean, he didn't look great in his wheelchair. I guess I can say that he was wearing one shoe. He had a sock over one foot. The sheriff insists that. They are treating him well, and I think was a little surprised when his lawyer said something in his jail conditions led to him being in a wheelchair. They're not allowed to talk about his personal health conditions. That would be a serious legal violation. But why is that? Oh, uh, HIPAA. It's a health privacy law that got it. You can't. But I mean, they will say everyone gets medical care in the jail, and they're not. Uh, they have not been torturing Paul Manafort. So okay, good to know. It's also it was weird to see for Manafort watchers to see the wheelchair and the the one socked foot, because the last we heard of Manafort and his self-presentation in court, he was asking to be able to wear his signature tailored suits so that he not be seen as a jailbird. That seems like strong, you know, to come across strong and professional and put together. But when he was told he had to wear his prison garb. He then opted to look weak and broken. Well, you can maybe he knew he would be in a wheelchair and he thought the suit would lend it some gravitas. I don't really know. I mean, I know he 
Yeah, he definitely didn't look. His hair has gone completely gray and a little bit white. It's not dyed anymore. He didn't. Um, he was wearing, you know, sort of on the one foot, just kind of s- sad looking sneakers. I mean, no hmm. one really knows what what he was thinking. Obviously, the president generally likes people who look strong and that kind of goes against that. But maybe he also is looking for pity from the judge who mm-hmm. has had a tendency to maybe feel a little bit sorry for him. So what about, okay, Tad Devine? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not all of us is as interested in in Bernie Sanders' campaign manager, maybe as okay. I am. But he, uh, you know, was a colleague or uh, he was in the orbit of Yanukovych uh, Manafort's mm-hmm client in Ukraine um, and did some of the same sketchy work. What was his testimony about? It was pretty basic. It was ba- it was just to say that they did this work in Ukraine, that Paul Manafort was very good at it, and then that they got paid for it, although he made a kind of obnoxious comment about, you know, I think one of the prosecutors asked, you got paid well? And he said, well, it depends who you ask. And they were making millions of dollars. But he would have maybe had a bigger role. There definitely would have been more about foreign government lobbying, which is a really seedy, bipartisan, Mm -hmm. gross business if Manafort had gone to trial in D.C., where he'd Mm -hmm. been charged Uh with uh, violating foreign lobbying acts. And it would have gotten into stuff that did not come up in Virginia with Tony Podesta Mm -hmm. and his work also in that field. And really, I mean, it's funny, Tad Devine said basically it's nice that or I think the defense attorney asked him and he agreed that it's nice that you can go overseas and you might fight here, but over there you can work together. And Devine said, yeah, that's great. As if it's like, oh, you know, we can put aside our differences to do something good. But what they were actually doing was electing a murderous strongman for money. So Um, if you find that a heartwarming story, I don't know. And I guess that brings us to the Ukraine part of the part of the trial or part of the the FARA charges against Paul Manafort. Those are a little harder, to, murkier. Can you say something about about those? So those never came up because the way the trials broke out, it was all supposed to be in D.C. Then they mm-hmm. separated it only because he refused to let them bring the tax and bank charges in. D.C. This is wonky, but basically he lives in Virginia. They had to bring them in Virginia. Most people will say, sure, combine them for reasons we still don't understand. He said, no, I want two trials. Hmm. We think his strategy was in Virginia. He had a better chance than D.C. of maybe having a Republican on the jury who would hang it and that he would not be convicted Hmm. and that that would put him in a better negotiating position and maybe also help him in his effort to get a pardon. That's the best understanding we have. But obviously it didn't work. He's not angling for a pardon anymore. Well, um, that's not entirely huh. clear. Okay, tell me. So just earlier this week, Rudy Giuliani gave an interview to Reuters where he said... All right, hold up. This is that moment, like when you're reading a Washington Post article, it tantalizingly begins the article and then stop, you have to subscribe to read the rest. That was a teaser of today's episode of Trumpcast. We've made about every fourth episode of Trumpcast exclusive to Slate Plus members. 
So to listen to this show and every show in full without ads, sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus. It's just the right thing to do. Slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus.